Control Alt Delete with Miss Joel. Navigating your way through the social, local, and mobile tech talk on show 977. Eight minutes after seven o'clock. Can we say good morning now to Mitch Joel? Hello, Mitch. Terry, we're back. I'm happy to hear your voice. Thank you very much. Nice to hear your voice too. How you been? It's uh, I, I think I posted on Facebook the other day that I, I can't believe March break is almost over. <laughs> I, saw, I saw that post. It was very, very funny. <laughs> That's basically how it feels. I feel like every day is Wednesday. Every yeah. Wednesday feels like it lasts a year. Every year feels like it lasts 90 seconds. And here yeah. we are doing it again. You, know? you, uh, you were such a, a busy traveler. You must miss that part of it, eh, Mitch? I don't miss the travel so much as I miss the work. Yeah. Right? I miss the work of yeah. getting up on stage in front yeah. of thousands of people and talking about you know where the future is going and how to build new business models. That part I miss. I do a lot of it virtually. I've actually got a one today and another one in, in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. But as you know, it's, it, it really is close to the music business. You know, yeah. all fun and dandy to record an album and post stuff on YouTube, but it's not the same as getting up on stage and playing it live. You know. It's the same thing for, uh, sorry, you caught me mid-drink there. Uh, same thing for uh, uh, musicians, stand-up comedians, and I know exactly what you're saying. When you're interacting with an audience, um, it's, uh, you just, you, you can't, you know, Zoom will do, but it certainly doesn't recreate the in-person experience, does it? No, and I think we're going to see this sort of thing come to a head right now. I really do think that when it comes to our work and our office, some people really like the fact that they don't commute and all that stuff. But I really think the interactions we have with our peers and how we ideate and how we innovate and how we push our businesses forward, it's really challenging to do like this. If you look at the, the Fortune 500, there's very few, if any, companies that really operate virtually, if you, like in the sense of what we've done, uh, that, that make it up there. I think it's good for the small entrepreneurs and smaller type businesses where you're sort of cobbling things together. But you know, most people who work in any size office right now really are only interacting with a handful of their peers. Yeah. And I just can't I, – I just don't think that it's great for the vibe. No, I, I agree with you. Where do you think it's heading? This uh, conversation that I'm sure they're having at uh, uh, local governments, provincial governments, and federal governments about downtown cores and office building. Where do you, where do you think that's – I keep reading stories about – empty apartments in New York City, and then there's the Jerry Seinfeld article that said, we'll be back. Where do you think it's going? I I think right now what we have to be able to do is hold two concepts in our brain at the same time. Concept one is uh, we are forever changed, and this is going to be a long, hard road that's going to dramatically impact things like our central cities and downtown cores. And on the other hand, uh, we're going to look back on 20, maybe a bit of 2021 and go, well, that was crazy and things will go back to normal. I'm, I'm hopeful for that solution only because yeah. I think people are by nature social creatures. Absolutely. And as, as, as normalized as this is, let's face it, Terry, it sucks that you and I haven't high-fived and hugged yeah. and had a dinner and gone to a show and do what we do multiple times a year that makes our relationship better. And imagine that multiplied by everyone you work with. So. Yeah. I, I'm hopeful that you know we get through this. I've been hearing more and more f- through people who are quasi experts or know people that vaccines are coming, yep. things will get better, we'll deal with this. But right now we're still uh, crazily in, in, in the mix of it. It's it's wild. Have you been out for dinner? Uh, I haven't been out for dinner. We we one day we sort of had a coffee croissant outside of of a restaurant. We do order. <laughs> 
we do pick up. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we are we are going out. You know, our our theory in this household is wear a mask, keep your distance, yes. wash yes. your hands, yeah. live your life. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm starting to see more of that as people wearing masks and you know, trying to behave as close to normal as you can, but you know, sanitizer in one pass uh, in one pocket, you know, no shaking hands, uh, social distance, mask on the face. It's all a giant pain in the ass, but it, at least you know you can get out and uh, and sit outside or sit on a terrace. Uh, it makes life feel just a little bit more normal. Because I I got to be honest with you, I, I worry about these downtown cores, about these these big cities, these empty office buildings, the lack of students. You know, there's there's a reckoning coming. I think if that doesn't turn around. There's a massive reckoning, and again, people are, are right now, understandably so, looking at it in their own myopic mm-hmm. view, meaning like yep. my job, my career, my kids. But you have to understand that if you have a lot of people who are working and living downtown now saying, you know what, I have a bit of cramped space, I don't have to go to my office 70% of the time, it looks like that's going to be for the long haul, why don't I move out further to the yep. burbs? That impacts when pe- and people are doing that. That impacts yes. the entire yeah. infrastructure of the city. And so we used to talk about urban sprawl as like we're going to move further and further away, but still commute in. This isn't urban sprawl. This is we're leaving. Yeah. And I don't think people have wrapped their heads around if this happens, how badly it impacts their jobs, their salary, their life. They might think, oh, it's great. I don't have to commute. I can get paid and work from home. If that downtown core erodes the way it has been and, and may continue to, you may not have that job because there's not a great economy. Um, okay, uh, that's. Uh, I, I wanted to talk to you about that because it's been a while since we spoke, but let's talk about some uh, social media. This, this story fascinates me because I wouldn't call myself a TikTok junkie, but you can often find me, much to my wife's chagrin, uh, in an afternoon falling down a TikTok rabbit hole. So I I understand the popularity of this app. I don't understand all the arguing about the app and what the president of the United States is so worried about. There's a trade war going on. It's been going on for a while, and Donald Trump is sort of in this mindset of let's show how strong America is against China. We saw motions with this earlier in the year with companies like Tencent and Huawei, and now we're seeing that sort of barrel of the gun be be pointed directly to TikTok. Um, It's very strange to watch. Basically, Trump signed a decree, we're going to call them decrees, signaling that that TikTok can't operate in the U.S., must be sold to a U.S. entity. Names came up uh, like Twitter and other companies that were hoping to acquire them. It looks like we're down to the sort of reckoning moment because this happens in about 15 days, the deadline. Uh, The sort of front runners, one side is a company called Oracle that people know, which is a strange company to acquire TikTok probably. On the other side is a Microsoft tag teaming with Walmart of all people. They're looking for about 20 to $30 billion as the asking price. This is just for the U.S. asset. So this isn't the sort of global uh, massive entity that it is. I think that number is still very, very inflated right now. Maybe worth it down the road if it sticks. Who knows? But there's a lot of drama. I mean, the CEO of the U.S. entity of TikTok resigned. He's a former Disney executive. I mean, just there's just tremendous drama around this this very popular and growing app. But 
we're going to see in a couple of weeks whether or not TikTok is going to be able to even be accessible in, in, in the U.S. And then I'd be really curious to see what happens with Canada. If we follow suit or not, that will be interesting because if you look at the Huawei case, uh, Canada had the CFO that wanted to be extradited or still does. And this is just a tangled, wild web of drama that I believe is going to make one of the most fascinating nonfiction books when it gets written in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, it's funny, there is even a Hollywood element to it, because as you point out, uh, Kevin Meyer, I think his name was, the, the TikTok executive that was, it was a big brouhaha about him coming from Disney, and what, three months later, he was out the door? Three months later, out the door, claiming that the political climate has changed significantly, yeah, so sort true. of wink and nod towards what that means, but very much a signal. I mean, we're talking about signals in a world with a lot of signals that there's something really strange yeah. happening there. This sort of fear that this data and this technology is going to be in China. I mean, the other crazy thing that just happened is China basically changed their export laws and they include certain components of artificial intelligence and data that would essentially force whoever owns TikTok uh, to, to go back to the Chinese government to get approval to sell it. Wow. And so this is really going to come to a head, and we're going to now see who blinks first. Is it going to be China? Is it going to be Trump? Because if Trump blinks, in theory, it could mean that TikTok is no longer in the U.S., which would cause a lot of stress and frustration to a lot of people who, you know, earn their living from TikTok. And there are right. many people who do. Yeah. Um, we'll have to wait until next week uh, to talk about Elon Musk putting a chip in my head. Let's talk about what the uh, what the uh, app of the week is, because I've already used it this morning and it's very cool. Yeah, so the, the app is called Fast. It's fast.com, and what essentially it is is it tests your internet connection. So why am I bringing this up this week? We are heading back to school, back to work. We had a lot of challenges in our home over the, the school year in terms of bandwidth and who's using what. And it's always surprising and interesting to use an app like this, especially on your mobile device. Take it around the house and see which parts of your house may have great access, which may not. Uh, we have upgraded our internet service here, which has caused great frustration because it's not working where we want it to be. <laughs> okay. But in using it, I realize I am using this app a lot more when you have multiple human forms in your household who are <laughs> sucking bandwidth like crazy. So it's fast.com. It's actually owned, I think, by Netflix, this one, but there's many. Your, your, your internet service provider may even have one. But try it out and see where you're at. It may be time to upgrade. Mitch, have a great week. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure, Terry. Looking forward to next week, and I'm so glad to hear your voice.